We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. They drives one in the air deep left field and this game is going to be tied all the way on to Waveland Avenue and just like that the ball game is tied three to three a swing and a line drive base set to left Bryant around third he's going to try to score the throw by Reynolds to the plate the slide he's safe Cubs lead Jason Hayward a run scoring single Cubs lead four to three that's like my uh, that's my game right there um Going from second to first, been doing that for so long in college and literally growing up. I mean, it's something that I always practice, so it's the easiest part of the game to control, and I always take pride in that. Well, he was really wanting to do this also, so we felt good about that. Um, my goodness, we'll take that, right? I mean, that anywhere, anytime, I'll take that. Uh, like I said, I think I said it before, he's getting really comfortable in his, in his Chicago Cubs skin right now. He's, he's, he's just a different cat. The way he interacts, the way he gets ready, um, so much more comfortable than he had been at any time last year. And then you're seeing the stuff, my God. I mean, he had a splitter going today, too. He wanted to bring it back out. He felt good about it. Um, he threw it back out there, and it was outstanding to go with the, the cutter, slider, and then he would change speeds off that to give it a bigger break. He just pitched extremely well, better command of his fastball. Uh, you can't say enough. He was outstanding. Joe said you really wanted to start this game. What was it about coming out of the break that you wanted to do? Uh, you know, um, last year I didn't do anything, so I want to do. I want to pitch a lot of games this year. Then I know the first game after the Oscar break is tough for a pitcher and everybody, but, but I, I believe I can do it. So I told him I can pitch. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the name before yet. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, you want to come back? And it was an emphatic, no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny, because we're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. With a duck duck here and a quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. Lido. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a master's course in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. 
This is Wayne Mesmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR, 670 The Score. We should be 670 WSUK. Welcome in. Saturday Suckage, the WB Club is in session from now until 1245, taking up to a uh, an in-studio concert by Edison Lighthouse and their hit, Love Grows Where My Rosemary Goes. No. Oh, man, that's exciting. Yeah, it is. Oh, wait, that's not true? That's not true. No, I lied. Damn. I lied. Because I suck. That's why. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Matt Spiegel. We will be taking you up to Cubs, Cubs Baseball, the pregame show that Matt Spiegel did yesterday. Later on in this show, we will, have a, we will designate a segment to talk about little Matthew Spiegel winning a contest and getting to visit Pat Hughes' radio booth and be on the air. <laughs> because that's what he was. He was a little kid who won a contest and got to be professional. And I just love, I love the joy you showed, that you've shown, that you've... you've that has influenced your tone of voice and your mood about that experience. It, <laughs> it was Pat Hughes's booth, and you were there. It, it, it was. Hey, Mr. Hughes, Mr. Hughes, <laughs> can, I, can I get you anything, Mr. Hughes? <laughs> this did you is, have a mackle, this is a, fun. Matt, a Matt cackle? I, I did it? not. I did not. Um, but, you know, I'm not afraid to laugh loudly off mic. I mean, I made my living as a producer for a lot of years. You do... You do what, what you need to do. You, you, you were voted all off mic. <laughs> you made first team all off uh-huh. mic. Well, you got to be off mic before you can be on mic. I think that's how it works, <laughs> just like Broadway. Often. This hour is brought to you by Sharp Vision Modern LASIK, Steve Rosenblum. Our guy, we will talk to David Schuster at 1215. He's been in and around the baseball field out on the north side, and we will talk to him then. But first, I would like to t- the regular listener to this show, the audience that we have. It is singular. We have, <laughs> we have. You and I have had a not so much a disagreement, but we've parsed you, Darvish, in different ways. Yes, I say fragile. You say sensitive. I do. The Venn diagram is that he needed everything to be perfect, and both were blown up yesterday. In advance of yesterday. And then yesterday, and here's why I say that. I okay. Full, full marks for a guy. If he needed everything to be perfect, he wouldn't have demanded the ball the first game out of the, after the All-Star break. He absolutely asked for it. He said, come on, I didn't even pitch last year. I could pitch. I feel good. I feel strong. John Lester appreciated having one more day of the All-Star break and not having to go yesterday. And maybe not having to do somebody else's job, like like lift the entire top half of the rotation, especially with 
Cole Hamill's out. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to play the Darvish cut. We heard it in the opening, but I want to replay it because I was so impressed. There are so many there's, there's so many rays blasting out of this. I want to discuss this. So if we could play you Darvish in the post game yesterday. Joe said you really wanted to start this game. What was it about coming out of the break that you wanted to do? Uh, you know, um, last year I didn't do anything, so I want to do. I want to pitch every, a lot of games this year. Then I know the first game after the Oscar break is tough for the pitcher and everybody, but, but I, I believe I can do it, so I told them I can pitch. That is, that, that's the sound of a top-of-the-rotation guy. That's the sound of a different pitcher that I'm willing to, I'm now willing to reconsider the whole fragile idea. And he did allude to it. I know you and Bruce in inside the outhouse, or is it just inside the clubhouse? It's only inside the outhouse no when um, when Jim Bowden's on the phone. Okay, so inside the clubhouse, he replayed the entire post game, and he did mention that he had to retrain his brain essentially. Yes, to throw a fastball because all year long, as he's throwing the last fastball, year. yeah, last uh, year. but but yes, but even all year long this year uh-huh. so far. His brain kept thinking he was having the discomfort or he was going to have the discomfort so he would be a little gun-shy on the fastball and he had to retrain his brain like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. He's, um, he's an extremely analytical, thoughtful, inward-looking dude who, uh, who I think now has things under control. Yeah, you might remember, maybe it was a month ago, three weeks ago, I said calm confident, comfortable you Darvish has arrived. And I like pointed to a string of starts and then he, then he regressed for a start or two. And maybe that thesis looked silly, but there he was yesterday. He is. And Joe Madden said before and after the game, he's grown comfortable in his Chicago skin. That's the way that Joe said it. Well phrased. Yeah. Well phrased. And, and there is a, and look, it could all blow up on the next, the next outing. But his recent profile tells you it won't. And this whole Cubs setting a tone in the second half, everything they did yesterday, they, they came from behind. First of all, they, they broke through against a pitcher they had no clue against. Chris Archer looked like the guy the Cubs should have tried to acquire yeah. several years ago. Ten strikeouts through six before he fell apart in the seven. But they were getting their free agent signing was matching that. He was throwing no-hit no hit ball for a while. Yeah. And... and and showing the in-game adjustment when the left-handers weren't, as he said, left-handers weren't chasing the split finger. Okay, I got to change up. You know what? I got a bunch of pitches, but he didn't throw seventeen different kinds of pitches. Right. He, he was he, using the ones he limited. Why winnowed down the ones that were working to specific batters? I had so much fun yesterday during the game, following along with Darvish via Inside Edge, inside-edge.com. They had tweeted out. The link, and you could just watch his pitch selection, his pitch effectiveness progress mm-hmm. through the entire game. And there was a point there where he had thrown five total pitches, and all five he, it, it, the kinds of pitches, varieties of pitches. It was fastball, it was slider, it was cutter, it was curveball, and and split mm-hmm. finger. Um, and then, it, and he threw those all to lefties. To righties, he had only thrown three kinds of pitches, so he kept it even more limited. To the righties. It spotted it perfectly. It spotted command, it perfectly. Fastball command was unbelievable. And led with curveballs. Mark Gonzalez walked by me during the day and said, hey, reminds me of Bob Welch. First pitch curveballs, and then they don't know what the hell to do. Gonzo is always good for an awesome old reference like Listen, that. But it's, it's usually an old West Coast reference. <laughs> Bay Area, because he gave us on this show, yeah. we had for a long time talked about deluxe starting pitching. 
You Darvish was a deluxe starting pitcher. He showed it yesterday. Gonzo said he got that from Brian Sabian, the oh, there Giants you go. general manager. That we're looking for a deluxe pitcher. Well, if it's not a Bay Area reference, it's an Orioles reference from his time in Baltimore. It's a Bobby Gritch or a Rich Dower. Yes, which is it, both. Actually. Yes, it is. So yeah. we'll we in in and the, this whole idea of what the Cubs did yesterday they they broke through. Brian, they took advantage of Melky Cabrera going all Alfonso Soriano near the wall. Uh-huh. He was afraid of it. He wasn't going near it. And then Brian Homer's. And then Strope gives it up to Marte, and they came back. They yeah. didn't. They they continued to press with a gr- smart base running, and then clutch hitting. Jason Hayward, hello, Chris Bryant, taking an aggressive lead and playing that kind of baseball. And they didn't kill themselves the way they had in the first half. Now, talk about a small sample size. One We're game. talking about two innings. Two yeah. innings. And and. And they could all they could they could lose ten to one today. Let me and, give you and it all goes away. Let me give you two more plays to think about because, as we saw in the whole first half, the issue ended up being more than anything. The issue to me and to Jed Hoyer to others who said so was the the quality of play, the crispness that wasn't there, the sloppiness, mm-hmm. missing cutoff guys, getting picked off. This year they have made 37 outs on the bases. That's number one in Major League Baseball. Ultimate toot bland. Yes! Toot blanding themselves all over the place. <laughs> Yesterday, Jason Hayward at third base passed ball with the bases loaded realizes after breaking 25 feet down the line, oh, that one bounced back fast. I would be out if I kept going. And smartly turned around, went back. Javier Baez, we have seen many times he tries to make the spectacular play when he doesn't really have a shot, and he throws the ball away. He pocketed a ball deep in the hole, two outs. A guy who loves his arm and loves his range and loves his showmanship. Loves to show off the possibility of getting an out, even if he's not going to get the out. Unbelievable discipline. Right, with two uh, two out and nobody on. I think that was Kyle Ryan's last man that he faced yesterday. Javi put the ball in his pocket instead of throwing. It's like, oh, my God, who are these guys? They played very intelligent, tight-together baseball yesterday. And speaking of Hayward, I am mesmerized when he talks. I... Talked to him last year in, in the clubhouse several times, and then at Cubs convention, Espo and I did the show uh, after you and you and Bruce, and we had Jason Hayward on. I was just mesmerized that I'm 40 years older than this guy, and and I would follow him anywhere. He is about as mature and 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 smart of a ball player as you're going to find, isn't he? And if that and a leader, is what without we a doubt, see, yeah, imagine what it's like in the locker room. You could see why that speech during the rain delay made such a difference in 2016, why he was the right guy to give it. We look at the stats. We look at this guy can't hit. Well, right now he's having a phenomenal year. You could put him anywhere in the lineup, and that would be the right choice. Even leadoff, again. You could put him anywhere in the lineup with the way he's hitting and when he's hitting. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, was, he was the right guy in the right place, and he drives in the winning run. But and he does everything. He, do, he made catches in the outfield. He had a single in the middle of that crazy seventh inning rally. Went opposite field for the game winner, like you mentioned. Right. I, I mentioned the base running. And then, oh, yeah, there's the talking, the leading. He does everything. And now he that is. he's hitting, it's nice. You can appreciate the whole package. So you can experience that whole package along with Kyle Schwarber. Monday, the score is Lawrence Holmes. We'll be joining, interviewing... Having fun with Hayward and Schwarber at the Budweiser, Budweiser Brickhouse Tavern in, the, in Wrigley. 
for the second luncheon of the 2019 Cubs on Deck series. Tickets are on sale now at 670thescore.com slash on deck, presented by Timber Tech and Xfinity. And I'm telling you, people, being in the presence of Jason Hayward is different. I've interviewed a lot of athletes. There's very few that I've stood there mesmerized by and just wanted him to keep talking and be this, and it's a deep voice. Plus, he's got a body by Adonis. It's unbelievable. And I, I can't get away from, I want you, Darvish, to pitch today. <laughs> I'm, I'm in such a hurry to see what the next chapter is. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to be, I want to enjoy what he did and hope and hope and hope. And uh, he's not worth getting my heart broken over. So that's what scares me about this whole thing. Yeah, and, and, and you've had moments before where you're like, oh, there he is, there he is, and oh, there he wasn't. You know, the scouting report that I hear from everybody about Chris Archer is that he will give the opposition a chance at least once during the game. He'll give you a chance to beat him. So, and, and I find myself thinking about Darvish that way, mm-hmm. that there have been times... Like, you know, Darvish had been so bad with a lead at different times, right? Immediately with a lead. Maybe G- the gives best it thing was that it was a, sh- it was a six inning shutout. Yeah, you know, and, and nobody scored anything. And, uh, but it, it, both he and Archer, these guys, they shouldn't have ERAs over five. And you saw it yesterday. They both came into that game with ERAs over five. And mm. then you're like, oh, yeah, look at that arm. Oh, look at that mindset. Look at that whole everything. But then Archer gave you a shot to get him in the seventh. Milky and the Cubs gave got him. You a shot. Archer made a good enough pitch to get an out. Melky gave you a shot. Well, I think the sun played a role it's, as well. Maybe the sun, maybe the wall, whatever it was. That was, thank you, Melky. Thank you, Chris Bryant. All right, he's Spiegel. I'm Rosenblum. This is Saturday Suckage. The WB Club will be here till uh, 1245, taking up to Cubs. And the story of the year, we think it's you, Darvish, but I... And I'm going to do a lousy job of this, but the story of the year in baseball has been writ already. The most emotional story has been writ. It should be. If you're on Twitter, you can't miss it. Phenomenal pictures. Just unbelievable final picture. I didn't know who Tyler Skaggs was a week ago. I will never forget him. We'll talk about that next. Chicago Sports Radio 6. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Two innings. And this is ground ball to second base. Red Heifel falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. Running down the green. Pretty popular. Welcome and welcome back. Saturday Suckage, Rosenblum and Spiegel with you. The 1245 taking up the Cubs baseball. And 
You know what? Even if the Cleveland Indians win the World Series to end the longest standing drought in baseball, it will not be as emotional as this story. On July 1st, I had no idea who Tyler Skaggs was, but I knew that he was dead. He was found unresponsive. The Angels pitcher was found unresponsive in his hotel room in Arlington, Texas. The game that night was canceled, reminding a lot of people around here when Cardinals pitcher Daryl Kaya was found dead in his hotel room. Joe Girardi going out on the field to tell the crowd what had happened. Story behind that? The Cubs... The Cubs were in an impossible situation. Cubs-Cardinals weekend, 40,000 people at Wrigley Field. And here's the thought process, because I wrote a story about that. How does Girardi end up being the guy? Well, first of all, nobody wants Andy McPhail on the field to tell them to go home. Uh He was Cubs president. Yeah. The Cubs sucked. Nobody wants to hear from Don Baylor squeaking out, go home, people. The most credible guy, maybe, in uniform... Um, overall was Tony La Russa. But he's the Cardinals manager. Right. He's not going to do that. They found the guy with the most credibility, Joe Girardi. That's it. They said he's the guy that 40,000 fans might listen to. Will listen to. Well chosen. Very so, memorable. Last night was the for Angels' first home game since Tyler Skaggs had died. He was number 45. Every mm-hmm. Angels player wore a Skaggs jersey, number 45. With his name and his number, every single jersey on the roster. His mom threw out the first pitch. Threw a really good pitch. She was about six inches in front of the rubber. Looked like she'd played catch an awful lot with the boy she helped raise into a major league pitcher. I think so. So, so the Angels have an opener, and their opener mm-hmm. gets... For through two innings, no hits. There you go. Here comes Felix Payne. He's going to pitch the rest of the game or until the Mariners get to him. But in the bottom of the first inning, Mike Trout gets two extra base hits. One's a home run that goes 454 feet. Those first two numbers make 45. Okay. So the, the, this... They beat Mike Leake, who was having a really good year. They beat him up in the first inning. They put a touchdown up. So the Angels complete the combined no-hitter. They become they join the Orioles as the only teams with multiple combined no-hitters. They beat the Mariners, and it came on July 12th. Tyler Skaggs' birthday would have been July 13th. It came on the eve of his, what would have been his 28th birthday. The last time there was a combined no-hitter in the state of California, the Orioles did it to the A's in Oakland on July 13th, 1991, the day that Tyler Skaggs was born. Mm. Amazing. At the the end of the game, when the the combined no-hitter was official and the Angels... Won thirteen to nothing. Every Angels player went to the mound. Took off the jersey and laid it delicately 
on the mound, clearing the way for the rubber, where they put a picture of him. All the jerseys there kind of side by side and in rows, not covering each other, but covering basically the entire mound except the rubber, as you said. And they put a, a painting, right? I think yeah. a, a painting of painting. Tyler Skaggs. This morning, Rosie, I saw a picture of his locker um, there at the stadium, and the game ball is sitting in his locker, in his empty locker today. I realize I've become just a weepy old man in my old fart years, but I can't think of this without choking up. I, I, I can't remember any other story that I really felt like this. It's, it's interesting. I wonder, I wonder what, what it is. I don't know. That it's hitting you on a lot of different levels. Yeah. Um, that's powerful stuff. Baseball has, has given us a few of these through the years. It'll be a farewell. Remember Mariano Rivera, Rivera crying on the mound at Yankee Stadium? So sometimes it can be stuff like that. But the thing that I'm thinking of right now, um, do you remember when D. Gordon homered? in the first game back after Jose Fernandez had died, yes. the pitcher of, of the Mar- – I'm getting chills thinking about it. Yeah. They were very, very good friends, and D. Gordon is not a power hitter. No. What does he have, under 20 in his life? He's something lead like that. lead-off the Cubs need. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. But he, um, he hit a home run, and there was even more context. I think he was, doing, was, he was doing something for Jose as he played and as he was at the plate – that way as well, but he homered and is bawling as he crossed the plate. So sometimes you get moments yeah. like that. Michael Lorenzen, the Reds pitcher and outfielder, he homered um, on the, the day after his father had died. There's a guy who's a relief pitcher, an occasional batter, happened to get in at bat the day after his father had died, decided to play because he said his father would have wanted him to play. And he homered in that game, and he was in tears as he crossed the plate. C- certain things that like the that. Brett, the Brett Favre thing. Yes. But I, didn't, I wasn't really. Yes. That, as much as I love Brett Favre because he refused to quit, he was just such, he was so easy to respect because of his toughness. Yeah. And what he did after Herb died, I didn't, it still didn't, I don't know, maybe because I was younger then. But this had an effect on me, and you should look this up online because... I- it's really powerful. Were you watching live? No. I, I, I envy those who were. Um, I woke up to several tweets of saying, Speaks, you got to see this, you got to see yeah. this. And I went on MLB TV and I watched every highlight video I could possibly see. They've got two or three minutes of his mom throwing the first pitch and hugging his dear friend and former teammate, Andrew Haney. Mm-hmm. She hugged him like four times in the process of that. Just couldn't let him go. I'm convinced because... Hollywood would never, that's why Sports Remains, the best reality show, that Hollywood can make you, you know, the, the Real Housewives, which is all that, all the Bachelor, Bachelorette, all that stuff is, yeah. is trumped up, and, and, it's, and it's, conni- it's a connivance. But this is the real deal. And I'm convinced that Channing Tatum will play Mike Trout in the movie. <laughs> that's excellent. Because now they get to make a movie about Because it. it's real. You yeah. can't be, it would be too sappy if you walked in with a script. Mm-hmm. And he said, and guess what? The first game, get out of here. You know what? Not even Hallmark would make that movie. So here's, 
I, no, that's amazing. Um, just, just if you don't mind, as a, as a reminder to me and to others, what the D. Gordon Jose Fernandez moment yes. was in full pregame. The Marlins took the field, all wearing Jose Fernandez's number sixteen. Mm-hmm. They drew his number into the dirt around home plate. Both teams came together before the game and embraced each other. I forgot about that. So that happened before the game. And then the Marlins come to bat in the bottom of the first, and leadoff hitter D. Gordon steps in. He's usually left-handed. He steps into the right-handed side of the box. And he took the first pitch, and then he switched helmets because he was wearing Jose Fernandez's helmet as he stood in the box and took the first pitch. I forgot about that. And then he switched helmets, went back to hit lefty, and on the next pitch hit his first home run of the season. On the very next pitch. Again. Hollywood would reject this, but now they get to make any kind of movie because it's real. It happened based on a true story. All right. I got to stop crying. You know what? I gotta, you don't have to. I got a better idea. You don't have to. Yeah. No. I mean, look, that's what it, – it's catharsis, isn't it? Sports is catharsis for so many of us, whether we have full emotional lives or not. We watch this stuff and, and feel it. You feel it deeply. Um, and if you care, if you give a crap about the guys and then something happens, it's even, it's even more full. But um, there's something about baseball, too, specifically. I've always said there's like it just lends itself to these kind of moments better than any sport. There's so much space to it. Mm-hmm. There's so much intrinsic ritual to it. There's, there's so many opportunities for ceremony. Exactly. There's so many episodes because there's there's – Pause, something can happen. Yes. Pause, something can happen. That's why, yes. it makes, uh, that, that's why it makes for a great game for storytellers. The best baseball announcers have been that. I grew up with Vinny. Grew up here. You hear Pat Hughes now, who's a wonderful storyteller. Yes, he is. A wonderful, he calls himself a reporter, but he's such an excellent storyteller when he does a game. And I want to get to that because you won a contest. Matt, little Matthew Spiegel won a contest. <laughs> By the way, I choked up watching the movie Miracle. I did. I knew the story. I knew how it ended. No, I, I knew this. I had the whole spoiler alert. Sure. I knew how it ended, but I thought back. I was, I was watching with my kids in a theater, and those guys were. I was of that age. Jack O'Callaghan, mm-hmm. Ruzioni. I was right around that age when they did this. You know what? And I was out trying. I was out with some woman that night, and they were writing like the greatest sports story ever. Yeah. But not until later, when it all played out, and getting to know, especially Jack O'Callaghan, and hearing the stories, and getting to interview Jim Craig several times, and talking oh, the story, God. I never got tired of Jim Craig. Had just lost his dad, right? Isn't that the no, story? No, no. no, his dad was ill. His, no, his dad was in the stands, and he, had to, and he f- had to find him. And that's the picture of him wearing the flag, looking in the stands uh, apologies. for his father. And then, especially after, I essentially covered Herb Brooks for the 2002 Olympics, U.S. Olympic team, and talking to him about that. And it, it was just, but when I saw the movie Miracle, I got that way. But this is, this, I mean, this is a real human life that was lost. Yeah. 
and the tributes, the way that was shown was, I don't know why it affects me. Let's talk about you winning a contest. You getting to sit in, in, a, in a radio booth, the Pat Hughes radio booth, with Pat Hughes. You know what, you know what I'll share with you um, in, in this next segment is two incredibly excellent, prescient baseball moments from Pat Hughes that I got to feel and hear play out live, and we've got sound for, for, um, for, for both of them. Sounds good. We will do that after this. Rosenblum and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Welcome in, welcome back. 11.42, Saturday morning. Steve Rosenblum, Matt Spiegel. Saturday seconds for another hour, taking up the Cubs baseball, Cubs pregame show with Zach Zaidman. He's filling in for Matt Spiegel today. So you were back in the booth, as you have been. Normally, you have been essentially subbing for Pat Hughes while not doing play-by-play. Pat was out. Everybody moves up on the depth chart. So Zach Zaidman was doing play-by-play with Ron Coomer. Yes. Yesterday was different. Share with the class how you got to be in Pat Hughes's booth with Pat Hughes and your appreciation of excellence. Well, Ron Coomer um, had the, the day off, extended his all-star break by one day. He's back in the booth today as the, the A-team is reunited. Um, and, but Zach uh, stood in or sat in in Coomer's chair, and Zach and Pat did the game together. Uh, because Zach has, you know, had, had experience in, 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 in the chair um, before in, in, in similar circumstances. So uh, Pat, uh, Pat Hughes usually does all nine innings except the fifth. This time he gave Zach, I think, two innings, gave mm-hmm. Zach the fourth and the fifth. But before the game, Pat, who is such a warm guy to begin with, said to me, Matt, it's great to have you here. And I won't do, the, I won't do an impression. Um, but you he can, said, you go ahead and do it. It's great to have you here. Anything that you think is interesting, feel free to share. A matchup for tonight's game, a thought <laughs> from a ball game, anything, anything you like. The inflection is really good. If, the the it, depth needs more work. But the, the inflection is really good. I don't have the depth. <laughs> We did. I, d- I don't have the yeah. depth, but um, but yeah. So he, he was very welcoming, very warm, and and uh, and Pat and I have had great baseball conversation before. We did a show before the season began, like the Cubs season kickoff show, right? I remember. Right in the performance we, we studio. We promoted that. Yeah, and um, and that ended up being just like an hour of of him waxing rhapsodic on baseball in general and talking about the things that he finds aesthetically pleasing in the game and all sorts of stuff like that, as much as it was specifics about the Cubs team. It was How that. does he feel about the 3-6-3 double play? Uh, I think he likes it. The most balletic play in baseball. You think so? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'll have to ask it him. It is. I don't know. It is. There, no, there, no there was one point, it was, it was after the Bryant home run, where he said, boy, where he was talking about, boy, you hear the cheers when this place is rocking and it comes up from the bowl down there and comes into our booth. There's nothing like it. And, and I couldn't help myself. I got on mic and said, you know, I'm the newbie in the booth, Pat, and I feel that. It's nice, nice to know you feel it, too. And he said, I always will. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, he, dude feels it. Dude appreciates it. Um, and I think a tweeter, Joel Fry, uh, said it really interestingly yesterday. He said, um, interesting to hear Pat really stretch his legs without a former ball player doing color alongside him. It's great to hear that commentary from him. Things he finds compelling to share on air 
all of that. It also highlights how deferential he is to Coombs' expertise. That's well said. So it's an opportunity to hear Pat in a different context, sharing a little bit more. Showing analysis and not just the reporting that he does. Correct. And, and serving up. He kind of serves up. He plays pepper with Ron Coomer, and he tosses up the ball, which is the right way to handle that. And, and some of it changed. I go back to, you know who I think changed it? And as much as we got sick of Tim McCarver, Al Michaels worked with Tim McCarver mm-hmm. this 30 years ago, 35 years ago, when they were doing the game of the week. And Al Michaels started moving the analysis forward of one and two. We might expect this, where he, he added a little analysis and as let a Tim, broadcaster. And let Tim go from there. And pushed him in that direction. That's absolutely true. And they were, Tim McCarver was really good. You know, that's well said. I've been trying to, to make the case for how good McCarver was at the beginning be. yeah. and how transformative he was to my ears, to and a lot of baseball be, fans' ears, and people don't get it. But the way you just said it is really good. Because of Al Michaels. Because he didn't have the, Al Michaels refused to just be a traffic cop. Just say, okay, it's one on one. As he still does doing football with Collinsworth. Well, but Collinsworth didn't need the prodding necessarily. Right. He drops it all. And Mike, Al, Al Michaels wanted to move it beyond, well, he, he wanted to move it beyond the basics. And he, and he had the, a compliant coworker to go along with it mm-hmm. and someone who had a depth of baseball knowledge. A guy who once said of Steve Carlton, boy, is he the luckiest pitcher in baseball? He pitches on the days the other team is always having an off day. <laughs> but McCarver used to be really good. Yeah. The people who make fun of Harry Carey, Harry Carey used to be terrific. Yeah, exciting. Oh, my God. It was, it was, the, his play-by-play was crisp. It snapped. It was wonderful. But And I, I would say that Michael's still is like one-and-a-half broadcasters because he'll give you a football thought yes. along the way right. and, and still allow Collinsworth to go as far as he wants. But Michaels is completely unafraid to offer opinions on any play, any player, any anything. Right, and that's, and that's where the hit has grown. But I, I go back to when he was working with Tim McCarver and knowing how sick I got of Tim McCarver and, and talking with Al Michaels on different occasions, they started out and Tim McCarver became the gold standard. Because of his play-by-play guy, mm-hmm. Pat Hughes helps do that with Ron Coomer. He, you know, Pat Hughes has a tremendous depth of knowledge of the game, not just experience, but of the this strategy of the situation. And as a play-by-play broadcaster and reporter, you you know you've heard the way he captures a situation. Yeah, that doesn't happen by accident. That's not reading a scoreboard. Oh no, 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 no. That that's the thing. And and you'll you'll hear a moment like that in a second. But th- there were two things that were very prescient that I want to share with you. Um, first of all, Jason Hayward makes this great catch in the third inning. You remember Ooh. you remember this play? Go ahead, Zach Withers in the, in the pr- production room. This is Jason Hayward's great catch. And he hits a line drive toward right field. Coming in, Hayward makes a sliding catch. Beautiful play by Jason Hayward. A sinking, slicing liner into right. Jay came in. He hit the deck kind of awkwardly, but he made the catch. A brilliant play. And that was anything but routine. It's plays like that that allow you to win multiple gold gloves, which Jason Hayward has done couple things in there. It had to be a very aggressive decision by Hayward on that line drive, and, and Pat went on to talk about that. But after that play, he says, you know, right field is usually the sun field. It's not right now, but in about 90 minutes, 
it's what happened go- in 90 It's minutes. going to become <laughs> a difficult place to play on a day like this. They mm. were looking up high at the sky. Pat right. said, in about 90 minutes, it's going to be a difficult... This right field is the sun field. 85 minutes later, Pat says, we've reached that point... I wish I could find these moments in the broadcast. He said, we've reached that point in the game. It's very challenging to play right field right now. And then five minutes later, Chris Bryant pops one up down the right field line towards Melky Cabrera. Bryant hits one in the air to right, slicing toward right. Cabrera battling the sun, coming over near the sidewall, and that ball is going to be foul. He lost that ball in the sun. The Pirates get a big break. That ball hit the sidewall on the way down. Cabrera had no idea where the ball was. Had it landed fair, it might have turned into a triple for Bryant because it would have possibly hit foul and bounced up against the sidewall. The Pirates get a big break. I told you right field is the sun field. That was a great example right there. Yes, yes, you did. You told me 90 minutes before that. Oh, they hit his miles in milepost, right? That's it. All right, this is Pat Hughes landmark. Let's go. Foul it down the right field line. And I think I, a triple is being, um, I think it's underselling the kind of base runner Brian is. And uh-huh. we saw later the kind of base runner Brian is that the way Melky had no clue. Yeah. That could have been an inside the park. Absolutely run. could have. Looking at the way it might have caromed. Uh-huh whatever it might have hit. And, and I think Bryant would have gotten around the bases because he was sprinting. He very well could have been because he's a very aggressive, very smart base runner. Um, instead of being a break for the Pirates, though, it ended up being a break for the Cubs because Bryant then homered immediately break. to take the lead. They took advantage on, of it. On that particular at-bat right. is when Bryant homered. Yes. Um, but I want to take you later to the eighth inning, a 3-3 game at this point, and Bryant gets on base. And this is the conversation about Bryant's base running before he scores the run with the base running that everybody's talking about. Listen to Pat bring up the base running and Zach Withers, um, Zach Zabin, excuse me, um, supporting the conversation with, with facts and, uh, and, and interplay. Rizzo swings and misses. Came right back with the low inside bender. Rizzo chased it again, and that's out number two. Here is Caratini. Two outs, Bryant at first. Bryant is an excellent base runner. He is not, however, a big base stealer. He's only tried one steal and was successful. And again, that's not a stealer's lead that Chris has at first. Interestingly enough, Bryant has gone from first to third 12 times so far this season. Best in baseball. Down low to Caratini, 2-0. Because even though he's not a base stealer, Pat, he is an outstanding base runner. He cuts the corners as well as anybody you'll see. There's an art to that. Instead of rounding a bag, he is very subtle about the little move he makes before he reaches a certain bag and cuts the corner very tightly. Now the 2-0 to Caratini. Outside 3-0. Jason Hayward is on deck. Tie game, bottom of the eighth inning. Two down. The 3-0 from Crick. And that's a strike 3-1. and one. Now Rizzo might, or rather, uh, Bryant might be moving at first. There goes Bryant. It's high for ball four. So now the wildness of Crick has put the potential tie-breaking run in scoring position. Bryant leads at second. Caratini at first. The pitch to Hayward. 
A swing and a line drive, base set to left. Bryant around third. He's going to try to score. The throw by Reynolds to the plate. The slide. He's safe. Cubs lead. Jason Hayward a run scoring single. Cubs lead four to three. There's Bryant cutting the corner tightly at third, Zach. He's one of the few guys in baseball that would have scored on that play. And he slid feet first just ahead of the tag of Elias Diaz, the new pirate catcher. Clutch single for Jason Hayward. Now that is nuance noticed from years and years of watching and knowing baseball by Pat Hughes, talking about the way that he cuts the corners. And I completely agree that very few people in baseball would have scored. So obviously, you know, uh, Billy Hamilton and, and uber fast guys, Byron Buxton are going to score. But Bryant with those long strides and the smarts with which he runs the bases and the secondary lead, which Joe Madden brought up after the game. Very aggressive. That's why he scored that run. And, and, and Pat saw it coming. So your experience being in Pat Hughes' booth with Pat Hughes, your, yes. your observation of nine innings of excellence, what do you come away with? It? What, what surprised you? What, what did you – what do you come away with? Um, the, you know what? More than anything, it's the pace of every word, of every thought – of every space. It's the incessantly calm and comfortable pace that does not feel forced, Mm -hmm. that allows time for instinctive baseball talk, allows time for humor, allows time for interplay, leaves it open for me or for Zach or for Ron, obviously most of the time, Coomer, to jump in with something, it's very inviting to the ear as well as the partners because of just how much space and how relentlessly, predictably calm the entire delivery is. And yet, the, there's a Mike Emmerich-like staccato description when necessary. Absolutely. The excitement ramps up. And it doesn't get too fast when it ramps up no. or too, too absurdly high. It doesn't do... Look, I think Wayne Larravee is a good broadcaster, but... Junior Hemingway! It feels ridiculous when he does that. I feel him... But it's his own. It's his own, <laughs> but he's putting it on. He's putting it on. Yes. Pat is just getting a little excited because he digs it. Something cool right. is happening. And you believe him when he says Absolutely. he feels that, that roar from the lower bowl coming up? Yep. He gets it. Yeah, man. So, look, I I read Voices of the Game by Kurt Smith when I was, like, Uh 13 about the great play-by-play guys and then had a chance to uh, be an intern. I had a chance to be an intern on This Week in Baseball for a couple of years when I was 18 and 19 and listened to Mel Allen tape This Week in Baseball for those two summers. And hear Mel Allen's pace and stuff like that. And I consider Pat and his, the way that he does it to fit right in with that kind of lineage of the greatest voices in the history of the game. Hall of Fame worthy. And we're lucky to have him and listen to him on a regular basis. Uh, when we come back, I, have, uh, I want to run an idea by you that uh, I saw a strange. The, the Cubs were linked to a strange name in trade rumors. So we'll run that by you and see what you think. Okay, good. Google. And maybe it'll be a topic on hit and run. And even if it isn't, there's a, you know, we'll pump up hit and run tomorrow. You tell me who your mystery, mystery co-host is. I will tell you. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Matt Spiegel. Saturday suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Thank you for listening.
Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.